Campanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a musical topic and watch YouTube clips about the topic. And if you go to musicraygun.com, you'll find video playlists for all our episodes so you can watch the clips too. Kirk. Yeah. Let's get into it. Sure. Uh, we're talking about Rebel Girls again. Yep. It's Go been, back. Yes. It's it's the year anniversary or so since the first time we did it. Was that second episode? Third? It was like the fifth or sixth. Oh, my God. Yeah. So much yeah. has happened. I know. It's been a real journey. <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. But I feel like lately we've had too much fucking pop and R&B and Kirk music. <laughs> yeah. So I'm taking right. the wheel this week for the most part. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's a good time for... Badass women in music. Cardi B just released her new album. I don't know if you listened to it yet. I have good. not yet. We're hours away from Nicki Minaj dropping two new tracks. I'm <laughs> very excited for it. So people know pretty much exactly when we're recording this episode based on that information. Like that. By the time they hear this, the tracks will be out. People yep. will have opinions on them. I'm sure. But really, I mentioned that all because we're not going to talk about those artists. Mm-hmm. Uh the the rebel girls category in my head is strictly rock and roll. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's how it feels like it started. That's like the yeah the true clinical term of it. Because uh, it's not hard to find badass women in music. I have to narrow are. the focus a little yeah. bit. This is about rocking. I'm like real job. I want to rock and roll. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about him. So this, this is going to be yeah. <laughs> This is going to be a guitar heavy episode. Guitar heavy so strap episode. in. <clears throat> all right. You're probably not going to like all the music we listen to, but I hope you like some. I'll, of the, I'm sure I'll like a few. Yeah. And I know I like the the two that I gave you. Sure. Yes, you do contribute <laughs> to the episode. Hey, all I could come up with too and then I went, "Paul, it's on you." Good. All right. Let's start it off with uh one of my favorite girl punk bands, one of my favorite band names ever. I'm not going to make you listen to too much of their music. This is a very short TV interview with no. them. This is the Luna Chicks. That's a great name. Never heard of them. Yeah, it is a great name. Love love it. And uh, I love this interview with them from, I would say, around 1989 or 90. Oh, they are so 90s. I play guitar. Cindy, guitar. Theo, I sing. Look, Theo Kogan... Is being interviewed for TV, and she very pointedly cannot even be bothered to look up from her compact no. while she applies lipstick. She just t- her name is what? Theo Kogan. Theo. Yes. Oh, Theo. That's my son's name. She's awesome. So I She's like the her. Front, the front. Okay. Woman. Yeah. They look like they're. Squid, I play 18. bass. <laughs> yeah, this is them. This is early in their career, and they're pretty. As they evolved, they put on like more and more makeup and bigger hair and louder clothes, not in a hair metal way, because mm-hmm. this is already post hair metal, but almost in like, like a drag queen kind of way, like big exaggerated makeup. Okay. And, but they're a little closer to grungy early on. Okay. I see them here, but uh, they changed quite a bit and uh, they're not around anymore. Okay. <laughs> Oh my God. They are quite punk. I mean, they're fucking awesome. What's the deal with her drumsticks? They're huge. Well, yeah, because you got to make it laugh. I mean, those what, you want her to play with brushes? <laughs> it's a fucking rock band. That would be great if she played with brushes. With like the cloths over yeah, the thing. Yeah. Tip, tip, tappity. No, no. I mean, no, those are oversized drumsticks right there. Well, those are fucking hurts, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, they're fucking... I know that you don't care for this music. Oh, no. 
But I'm sure that you'll admit they're like a 100 on the badass. Oh, yeah, they're hard as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to reveal what the name of our album is? We might as well. <laughs> Baby. Well, wait, all right. Are we going to? We might as well. Like, it's so, it's yeah. such contrived, uh, like, discontent. Yes. And, but it's. Yes. I love that. We're, we're purposely being discontent. Who cares? I don't even care about whatever. it. Whatever. Whatever. The we name of the care. album is just whatever. Are we on camera? Like, yeah. <laughs> Babysitters Baby on ass. Babysitters I'm, on ass. Was that really the name of yeah. the Oh, they're not joking? No, no, that album rules. <laughs> Babysitters on ass. That has Jan Brady on it, which is my favorite lunatic song about being possessed by the spirit of Jan Brady. Wow. How many songs are on that album? I don't know. Was it more than 10? 10, 10, 12? Yeah, it's an album. It's an LP. It's an right. I write most of the lyrics, and, and people come in with different songs, and we sort of melt together to make this. Sort of. Where are they out of? I think they're from L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And they can't be more than 20. I mean, they're so young looking. They look like they're fresh out of high school. They are. And what year is this roughly? 89 or 90. Okay. So Babysitters on Acid is 90. This is good. So these women are now my age, basically. Yeah. That's fantastic. I would love to know where they are now. Theo Kogan still super hot. Good. Yeah. Hooray for her. Mind warping combobulation of sound and noise and stuff like that. Yeah. Our songs are about people we love and people we hate and TV shows we love and and killing people. I love they're in a playground and there's and there's, and there's a kid around so yeah. it's yeah. That's great. Their songs are about people they love, people they hate, TV shows they love and people they want to kill. <laughs> what fucking more do you need? That's all. That's uh, that's life. Yeah. The first song we ever wrote was about killing me and Theo's English teacher. Oh, yeah, Miss Weiner. Oh, yeah, we name-dropped her. (laughs) Called her out. (laughs) That is such a... Like, they couldn't be more of a teen punk band. It's like, that's about killing our teacher. (laughs) All over the blackboard. Her name was Mrs. Weiner. She had a bald spot. This woman had a bald spot on the top of her head. Her hair, like two two barrettes, sort of pulled over it. But you could still she see was a real fine stuff. babe. She looked much finer. Now I don't appreciate this body shaming. It's a little Mrs. mean. Weiner. It's a little mean, but they're punk. Yeah, and they're also young, and yeah, they, they don't know they, about they, respect. They, yeah. and I don't also. I come. I don't come to rock and roll for respect for <laughs> one's elders. <laughs> yeah, they're I, they're all, they're trying. But, but look, thinning hair for either gender is is not a choice. All right, <laughs> exactly. If they were going to make fun of her for her bad hairstyle, that's one thing. Yes. But uh, she can't control. People can't help going bald, Kirk. That's what Paul is trying to tell you, folks. Splattered all over the yeah. Wow. We just write songs about it. We don't really do anything. I love how I don't take issue with the fact that they wrote a song about murdering Miss Weiner. No, that's fine. I have more of a problem with the fact that they're making fun of him. You you take umbrage with the hair. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's the problem. (laughs) There's a giant knife in it. I love this shit. Wow. Now, I mean, obviously, I've never heard of them. Did they make any big splash? Not really. I mean, they're known, but they're not, yeah, you know, hit makers. Even in the punk scene, they're not. No, I think they were on our city hall once. Oh. 
Pyramid. The Ritz um, when we can. The Ritz when we can. We used to play this club downtown, which is a rock hotel place. Maybe they're from uh, New York. Garden, okay. MSG. Yeah, yeah those <laughs> are... Rock is supposed to mean socially conscious underground music, right? I would say, you know, we're socially conscious in the fact that we make fun of everything, but we're not, like, trying to make some kind of statement, you know, like... By the way, just in case anyone was wondering, what does it mean to be socially conscious? <laughs> According to these teenage yep. girls, it means making fun of everything. That's right. <laughs> Is she wrong? Oh, no. I keep looking at her. If you look quick, you go, wow, she's, her, her face structure is almost like Madonna. I mean, she is literally a model as well as a musician. Oh, like, like, seriously? Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, a runway model. Wow. So. Good for the world. We're certainly not doing any good for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that one so, group, woman so. has said nothing on the far left. Oh, Gina? I think she's... Well, she said she plays guitar. I was going to say, I think she's the bass player. Oh, she's God. certainly got the bass player. Yeah, I'm just, not saying shit. I might as well not be here. Yeah. <laughs> that don't matter. Okay. That was, that was, uh, that was the Lunachicks. Lunachicks. Great name. Great interview. Great, great name. name. I know you don't care for that music. Mm-hmm. I love it. But that's what, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah. Great album title too. Babysitters on Acid. That is actually I mean, that band name and that album title tell... Tell you everything you need to know about what yeah. you're going to get. You're going to not... Great branding. Yeah. You don't have to go, <laughs> wait, what are they about? Yeah. Y- you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. This next band is has two names. Mm-hmm. They were around for about five years. For the last four of that, they were called Lilliput because they were sued of their over their original name, Kleenex. Oh, yeah. Can't do that. Proprietary. Can't proprietary. do that. Oh, that's a way better name for a Swiss punk band. <laughs> yeah. Or any punk band. Lilliput's a good name. Yeah, I don't like the way they style it with the uh, alternating capital letters and lowercase letters. Oh. I find that pretentious. It's capital L, lowercase i, capital L, lowercase i, capital P, capital U, capital T. That's very similar to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character in L.A. Story. Oh. Her name is Sandy, and she spells it big S, small A, small N, big D, small E, big E. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I love I love this band. They are like I said, they're a Swiss. I call them post punk rather than punk. Okay, from uh, the late seventies to the early eighties, who performed some songs in German, some in English. Oh, this is gonna be hard as fuck. I have a feeling if it's gonna be some German shit. I mean, it, what, no, it's not like that. Okay, they're they're sort of whimsical and sort of just atonal and angular in that post punk mm-hmm. way. Um, but Kurt Cobain loved this band because Kurt Cobain has impeccable fucking taste. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's how I discovered them from just reading something that said. Uh, before you play it, yeah, because uh, I see a uh, uh, band member has a saxophone. Yeah, is it? But it's not ska. It's not no, like hard ska. No, no, no. I, I uh, originally wanted to include this video in our saxophone episode, oh. <laughs> but I figured the, the saxophone is in front and center enough that I don't okay. think it quite fit. Okay. But I do think uh, it is uh, an important part of their sonic palette. All right. Good word. Uh, before I even play it, I just want to point out my favorite thing about this live performance is how most of the people in the audience, and it seems like it's a gymnasium, most of the people in attendance seem to have no time at all for what's going on and i don't know if that's because they don't like it or because they're just like swiss or german and don't respond but the people who do like it and who are dancing to it are going crazy all right and look like they're having the most fun in the world so 
You, I think, will represent the sitting down people. <laughs> and I will be represented right. by the dancing that, people. That sounds about on point. I would compare them to the raincoats or the slits. I've heard of the things. slits. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's having fun. <laughs> She's having fun. And, yeah. this is, and then there you are. There are people who are just going, what? This song is called Split. I have no idea what they're singing about. It's I, some German gobbledygook. I heard hopscotch. It sounds like they're saying hopscotch. Yeah, so... I enjoy this more than the lunatics. Because this is just pure energy. Yeah. And it's really happy. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't call it catchy. No. But it's really fun. It does sound like a bunch of teenage girls are like, we're going to play the school dance. Let's fuck it up. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you just described my favorite kind of music. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it feels like. Like, let's just make a lot of noise. Yeah. Who fucking cares? And my guess is they didn't cross over that much over into America. No. Yeah. I don't even know how big of a deal they were yeah, in Europe. Okay. You, just, you just knew that Cobain loved that. Yeah, he was, like, he, when he was becoming famous really made it a point to use his fame to like signal boost underground bands oh, that man. he loved. And this was one. And like he literally got tons of bands out like work that has been out of print for 10 or 15 years back in print just off the strength of him saying in an interview like I like the Raincoats. Oh okay. And now they're repressing the Raincoats album because oh, Kurt see? Cobain likes it. Like he, I fucking love that guy. Yeah. Um, That's pretty fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. And he did the same thing with, with uh, Kleenex. Uh, the Lilliput's Paul. Lilliput, sure. Uh, I will say, I'm not throwing shade at the song because I love this song, but they do have other songs that are more tuneful and even pretty. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular is just sort of loud noise and happy nonsense. It's and, it's uh, great for the, like you said, it's great because of the crowd, too, to see this. Yeah, I love watching this performance. Yes, just half of them sitting down just blank staring and other people just losing their shit yeah and it's that's also sort of um a summation of the kind of music i like like if you put a hundred people in a room i like the thing that appeals to only like eight of those people yeah (laughs) but those eight people fucking love it yeah that's about right yeah (laughs) yeah that sounds exactly right uh i think uh oh yeah we have one of yours next Oh, okay. So I do know this band, but not super well. And the really? song they chose is not the song I know super well. Oh, okay. This is uh, Luscious Jackson. Yeah, I was surprising pick, I think, on your part. Uh, I liked them when they first came out. Uh, I have a later album. I think it's called Electric Honey. Uh, oh, you actually own? I own Electric Honey. Oh, wait, I think I have another one. I think, I think my wife has one of theirs, too. The song I know is Naked Eye, which is yes. their big hit. Which is their big hit. Six yes, or seven. Electric Honey was after that. This yeah. is before it. Uh, I just like them because I, for me, they're funky. They have a yeah. good groove, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, they're awesome." They have a very um, '90s sound. I'm not sure what to call it in terms of genre. I mean, it's alternative rock broadly. 
That's the best to, way to describe it because it's yeah. not grungy per se. It's not particularly pop. But this this video is full on nineties. I it's mean, just look it at does. Do, they do, it does have elements of like I don't know trip hop. Like yeah, it's got that which is I like. It's got that groove that I like a lot. This is city song. This is city song. So yeah, this is yeah this is before Naked Eye. I'm pretty sure. Which was that I love her. I don't know. I don't know the names of them that well. Uh, I remember them seeing when they were when they hit big. It's like they did Conan, they did Letterman. Yeah, and it was one of those. They, they had were a on, couple of radio hits. Yeah. They weren't like a huge band. No, they were on the radio. Yeah. Also, Luscious Jackson, good band name. Great band name. You know what? Because Luscious by itself is a disgusting word. Yep. But paired with Jackson, Jackson. it just onomatopoetically it it sounds good. My, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw shade at uh, my good friend Mike, who listens to the show, and you yeah. have actually tweeted back and forth occasionally. Yeah. Um, when he first discovered them with me, he could not call them Luscious Jackson for some reason. He kept calling them Lucius Jackson. <laughs> and to this day, I still, I just talked to him yesterday. I made fun of him. I was like, "Cause you called him Lucius." He's like, "I know. I was like 24. I had problems." <laughs> but yeah, it is Luscious Jackson. Yeah. Um. I mean, this could not be more mid to late 90s. Yeah, it's great. It is so, just the look and feel. They look so, like, cool 90s yeah. in New York. That's why I like it, too, because it's 90s in New York. Yeah, the video is, is it just, for some performance shots of them. Yeah. Some, like, pickup shots of people on the streets of New York. Yeah. And it's that real grainy... Yeah. Looks like they did it on uh, 8mm. Yeah, it's very, like, studied verite, like the way they, <laughs> yes. they would do in the 90s. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it is, which is just, it's so great. Yeah. Like, working very hard to make it seem like you didn't work hard at all. Exactly, which is a very 90s thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still play them today. They're in, they're in various mixes. I think yeah. you reunited a bit, or they're still like playing a bit. Yes, it, they, they do make sense to me as a quote-unquote rock band that you would yeah. that you would get into. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they all they had some rocking songs, but even those rocking songs had that really just kind of good, kind of just funky vibe. Yeah. Um, almost chill out vibe, which I like. It's very yeah, super chill. It's almost like. You feel like uh, Tropical Quest would be like, yeah, let's just jack. They're cool. I like them. Sure. Now I immediately have this fantasy that if I were to ever meet Q-Tip, I would just be like, what do you think about Luscious Jack? <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you guys would go out for dinner. But yeah, that's turns out that they're his favorite band. <laughs> He's like, no one has ever said that to me, Paul. Yeah, yeah. You want to go, you know. That wasn't part you? of my fantasy. I wasn't. That's the thing. Even in my wildest dreams, I don't think it ends with Q-Tip wanting to be my friend. I think it ends with Q-Tip just looking at me like I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Paul, dream big. <laughs> They're dreams. Go bigger with them. No, because in my in my dream, that like makes me cool. Like because like I wasn't kissing Q-Tip's ass. I wasn't talking to him about his band. No, but that's what makes it so great. That's yeah. what makes him want to hang with you. I'm yeah, telling but, you how but, to do your dream. Yeah, I know, but that's now he just like. He just seems to. <laughs> now, now he's trying too hard. Yeah. Like, oh, you're so cool. I want to hang out with you. And they're like, cute. 
Yeah, two two. Back up. Yeah, back up. This dude. isn't that kind of encounter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just you're all up in my shit. Act like you've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> We're just right here. in a dream world. That's the best, based on Lesha Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, so in 1986, Regis and Kathy Lee interviewed some New York hardcore kids. Okay. I'm like, sure I didn't see it, but I'm sure I heard punkers. It. Punkers, is yeah, known. yeah. Uh, watching Regis talk to punk kids is the most delightful <laughs> thing in the world other than watching Kathy Lee Gifford talk to punk, punk kids. And we got both in this? Yeah. All right. There's there's like a bunch of punk kids. This is a like 14 minute long segment. We're not mm. going to watch the whole thing. Mm. Just going to watch the, like the first commercial break to get a sense of one of these kids. This girl, Natalie. Natalie Jacobson. Okay. Uh, who is clearly the star of this segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll just see how awesome she is. Okay. So uh, you're crushing on her, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, they are. Oh we'll wow. Start with Look that. how young they are. In just a moment. Yeah. This was also around that time where it's like punk's a thing. Let's get them on the morning show and figure them out. Like they were on yeah. like Geraldo and Phil Donahue. This um. This interview we're about to hear came right on the heels of a New York magazine profile on New York Hardcore that specifically profiled Natalie. Oh, okay. And so that will come up uh, and how pissed she was about that article. No, oh, interesting. Because, yeah, punk at this, it's 1986. I was and like, just about to ask you that. It's 86. What's it's, left of It's punk? at this point where, like, punk isn't cool anymore, but it still exists, so it's yeah. underground again. Oh, okay. But it's also hardcore is is... is like an edgier version of punk. Mm-hmm. So um, it does have that element of get again of parents being like, what is this? What are, the, what are my like, kids listening to? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I guess this is the morning show before it became Regis and Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Before, Regis before, Live or whatever. Before they blew up. Yeah. Oh, what is she wearing? What is Kathy oh, she's, Lee wearing? She's, she's wearing like the poofiest sleeved, yes, most unpunk oh, Kathy my God. Lee. Uh, like she thought she was going to be interviewing Debbie Booth. Yeah, or really. And he's got a delightful yellow tie, uh, dude. Everything about Regis Philbin is delightful. He in looks my fucking opinion. great. He's all, he looks great. I I I love Regis. I think he's, he's great. Regis. And the the way he is so completely non judgmental of these kids. Is pure Regis. Yeah, he 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 gets. He's just like, he's just one of those people who like he likes people. Yeah, he's like they're humans. This yeah. is fine. Yeah. Because uh, to you today, this is Natalie sitting next to me, born and raised here in New York City, graduated that's from Natalie, Natalie, that's Natalie Jacobson. That's, side, yeah. Junior, Young Paul is like yeah, a twenty-year-old NYU punker. Wow. Uh, who reminds me of our uh, mutual friend and ex-coworker Alexa. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And this leader of the band Murphy's Law, his name is Jimmy Gestapo. And, uh, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Gestapo. Gestapo. Uh, next to her is Todd, who was 16 years He's old, born in New trying York to flex City, hard. the hardcore scene yeah. since he was 11 years old. 15 months in reform school. That's not Jimmy Todd. Gestapo, that's Todd. Oh, that's Todd. The, the, the cameraman is not panning to the people. The cameraman doesn't know which punk is which. Wow. For six years, she's about 21 years old. <laughs> That's a good Ray, one of the more outspoken members of the punk underground here in New York, been in and out of a lot of bands around 21 years of age. And next to him is Debbie from Canada, left them when she was 13, currently writes a fan magazine for 
punks. Look at these, okay, look at these punk kids. They're so seen, punk. You know, the punks around town. I want to hear now how why, she sounds why like you chose uh, this Alexa. lifestyle. Let's start with you, Natalie. Why? Why not? No, I mean, other than that. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody's into their own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's some people are into heavy metal. Some people are into being junior executives. <laughs> We're into this just because this this scene gives you the opportunity to be an individual, and you get to say what you want to say. And do what you <laughs> oh, want I love that. The Chiron says, Natalie, hardcore punk. Hardcore punk. If anyone disagrees with you, they can come up to your face and tell you so. Instead but, of, you but know. David, you know when they write about it, the writers always say this was born out of a frustration that uh, you guys had somewhere along the way with yeah. your parents, yeah, with your family, with Superman. How do they know that? Super they I don't know. know. <laughs> Good job. These stupid books and having these stupid talk shows. Like Phil Donahue had this ridiculous show on. I'm sorry, Phil, but you really blow. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm in love with this girl. <laughs> yeah, this right? is yeah, this is perfect. Also, right after she just told Phil Donahue that he blows, watch Regis's face. <laughs> yeah, Regis goes as he me. very quietly like reacts <laughs> to the camera. And uh, all he did was. <laughs> he, oh, that's a nice take. <laughs> he knows. Reg knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets. He gets TV. They blow. And uh, all he did was. That's all he did was put words in our mouths. He kept coming up and going, "You hate your parents, right? You hate your parents. You're all fascist Nazis, right? Right?" And we're like, "Where are you getting this from, Phil?" Well, we're getting this from from what we read about. Well, where do you read these things? Well, New York, York magazine. Oh, okay, let's go. Uh, <laughs> she's already. She's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple months ago, Peter Browner should not be allowed to write for Bazooka Bubblegum Comics. <laughs> guys, completely incompetent journalist. Ah, uh, she's real smart. Let, yeah, let it land. Peter Browner. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. Bazooka. Well, tell me where it comes from because it is kind of an eccentric way of life. You know what it is? These people get these ideas. All right, we're going to do this great story on, on this like bizarre cult, right? And they go down to bars and they, they eavesdrop in on conversations and then they don't even print the whole truth. What they do is pick the most. Sensational. I mean, she's right. Yeah, that's great. Sex, drugs, orgies, you know. I mean, like, the whole article is supposed to be on the music scene, and he ends up writing about my sex life. Who cares about my sex life? I do. Oh, Regis. <laughs> She's great. Yeah. I also love Regis's honesty. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kathleen Lee's going to give her take. Kathleen literally just like, my turn now. I actually really enjoy what Kathy Lee has to say because I think almost unintentionally, like she's not saying it in a shitty way, but she she sort of nails these punk kids to the fucking floor. Oh, let's hear it. That's <laughs> interesting. Fifties, they're trying to beat Nick's. Even though it's like you're you're revolting against something, perhaps there still is a conformity. You can see that you all basically have things in common. You do look alike. How can you say that it's an individual expression when there truly are, your hair is basically the same and you have tattoos and things? Oh, she, you know what she did at the end, too? She gave that little, she gave a little nod of like, yeah, I don't, that. I don't think she's trying to read them. I think she's asking sincerely, yeah. but it's like, yeah, you were just basically fucking calling out the whole punk scene where everybody acts like they're so nonconformist. Yeah. But nothing is more conformist than, than, like, nothing has more rules and codes than the fucking punk scene. In yeah. terms of what you're allowed to wear, how you're allowed to yeah. look, like there are slight variations on it, but yeah. she's right. Yeah, 
they don't look like most people, but among themselves, they all look the fucking yeah. same. So they're full of shit. Yeah, she's right. So, she's and, a good and, point. And every punker knows it in his fucking heart. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they don't want to admit it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just love that she just called them right out. It's like she's basically being like, but aren't you full of shit? Yeah. Like, she, <laughs> you can see if you guys watch it, she, she gives a little nod at the end like, yeah. answer that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. Well. Which is such a weak ass response. Yes. No, I don't. Way to avoid the question, Natalie. I love yeah. you, but. But it's, it's obvious. Maybe it's Natalie. Natalie. I, I don't think I look like Debbie. I don't think I look like But it's the same way you guys are. You look exactly you, like Yeah, Debbie. that's. No, come on. Come on. Natalie, you're awesome. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's also, like, that's not just being a punk. That's just being 20. It's too. being young and be like, no, you yeah. do. Like, you quote-unquote finding your tribe yeah and thinking that that makes you so unique yeah but you're really just finding you're not you're not bucking rules you're just choosing a different set of rules yes and instead of leaning on that you know this is also as you get older you're like just lean on these are my friends yeah Yeah. this is what we do yeah this This is is what what we do we we like doing this we like looking like this and there is honesty in that i mean the answer to the question is like it's about not conforming to the larger society, yes. and that's fine. But let's look at some pictures of Natalie today. Oh, okay. Because she's still a fucking punk. She really? didn't sell out. She's not some yuppie. But I found her Facebook page. That's great that you did. Uh, she yeah, she like she wrote a, a graphic novel a few years ago, and, uh, and there's punk? like there are places on the internet because this is a semi-famous yeah. segment from Regis and Kathy Lee. There are people who like post on message boards like. Oh, where's Natalie or whatever? And oh, wow. I found a couple where like she answered. She's like, "Hey, this is Natalie. I lived in Seattle for a while. I moved back to New York. I have a kid. Whatever." So I I found some uh, some pictures. Oh, of I, her. I found a, there's a picture of her from the '90s, and then a, a couple of pictures uh, from the last couple of years. And uh, I don't know. I guess I'll post links to these yeah. on musicraygun.com. So yeah. anyone who's interested in – well, if you're interested in seeing Natalie from the interview, obviously watch the playlist on the website. Yes. And you I'll post these post pictures. It on Instagram. This is her in the 90s. She looks very 90s there. She'd still be in her 20s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the punk makeup is toned down. Yeah. Don't you think she looks a little like Alexa? Here, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then this is her – Oh, Wow. This is from 2017. She's so just definitely still punk. So wearing a sleeveless Ramones t-shirt. Yeah, she's tatted up now. Yeah. It's her with, uh, I guess, her her sweetie. Yeah. That's great. And with a little makeup looking kind of sexy in that picture. Wow. That's from uh, last May. Yeah. So she didn't, she didn't sell out. No. Still seems... Like fucking still cool seems to embrace the punk aesthetic. Yeah, well, she's she'd be in her early fifties now. Yeah, she's a little older yeah. than me. Yeah. So, uh, I, any anyone listening, I encourage you to watch the whole interview because the whole thing's great. But we have to move on. But <laughs> yes. I just thought you'd appreciate the hardcore kids on Regis and Kathy Lee. I, I, I love the hardcore punk. Yeah, and yeah. their leader Natalie Jacobson. The Natalie Jacobson, who fucking rules. She's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um. So one of my favorite bands is Screaming Females. No, I don't know them. They're they're a current band. They are uh, a current band. They're a they're current. Oh, okay. They they exist and perform today. Today, yes. okay, yes. Uh, their singer guitarist is Marissa Paternoster or Paternoster. I'm not sure, and she fucking shreds. 
So I'm gonna watch a play, I'm gonna play a live performance of my favorite screaming female okay. song, Laura and Marty, which you will not like, but I think you will appreciate <laughs> her guitar playing and her weird. She's a tiny lady. I would mm-hmm. say she's. I would guess she's probably like five feet tall. Uh, she has this huge voice mm-hmm. that's got like this other world. I wouldn't call it like a yodeling quality, but almost like a ululating kind of vibrato. Huh. Uh, and they're loud, man. And the song is called Laura and Marty. Laura and Marty. Okay. Yeah. This is my favorite song. And, and how old is the song? Um, this song is probably five or six years oh, okay. old. Okay. Uh, but they're still, this is from an earlier album. Oh, okay. They're still around now. She, I've said my favorite guitar, I think I've said it on the show, that my favorite guitar player is Jay Maskus from Dinosaur Jr. Yeah, I do know But that. she's in my top five, maybe my top three. And and this band gives me that same Dinosaur Jr. thing of like, the songs are great, they have hooks and they're catchy, mm-hmm. but they're almost just excuses to get to the guitar solo <laughs> every time. Yeah. She's an amazing guitar player. Big drumsticks again. Yep. It's another thing. She's good. Yeah, that little, like, I don't know if it's called a vibrato or anything, but I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. See, now, I don't, again, I don't hate this as much as other punk because there's a musicality. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's a great musician. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of. You'd the never listen to this at any. No, I would never. Yeah, but I appreciate the musicality as opposed to the punk aesthetic of. She's gonna go and play. Yeah, no, this isn't that. Yeah. this is this is. She knows how to play a fucking guitar. Yeah. And there's a, there are already a few of those magazine and internet lists of like the hundred greatest guitar players of all time that have her on. It. Oh wow. How did you discover them? Uh, I don't remember, but I uh, remember that it was this album, and I discovered it shortly after I moved to L.A. Oh, okay. So actually, it would have been about a, about seven years ago. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. That this uh, this song is about. That. Then, then an interesting thing happened because I was uh, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or something, and my friend Megan uh, from back in Providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, who originally was from Pittsburgh, lived in Providence for a while, hung out with my crowd, and then moved back to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I noticed in a bunch of her pictures on social media, she was with Marissa from oh, Screaming Female. We were like, what the fuck? So I'm like, what? So Amelia, um, the girl I lived with for years, I knew also liked Screaming Female. So I just messaged her. I was like, does Megan know Marissa from Screaming Female? She's like, yeah, they're roommates. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I was like... <laughs> So I, you know, I had to play it cool. I didn't want to bring it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Here comes the guitar solo. Oh, jeez. Ah, she's done fucking around. This is odd. I also love the way she wears these dresses that look like she shops at Talbot. Literally, or she has a dress on yeah. that looks like like olive oil wears. Yeah, and that's it's her aesthetic. So, it's yeah, really it's so like not like t-shirts and ripped jeans, right? 
it's 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 an interesting look. So far, this is my most enjoyable of what you've presented today. Yeah, I thought that you would. I didn't think you'd like it, but I thought you'd appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. Because I'm not a guitar guy. Like, yeah, guitar solos usually annoy me. Yeah, because they're not good enough, and they just seem like masturbating. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, you're showing off. Yeah. But when you're when you're that next level good, and you show off, and it actually does blow me away, then yeah, I can get into then it. it means more. Yeah. And also, like, she has the tone of her guitar playing is similar to Jay Maskus. It's really grungy. And, yeah. And it's a tone that I like. Yeah. Um, no, that was good. I want to watch one more Screaming Females sure. quick. An- another live performance. This is just a two-minute video. It's not even a whole song. It's just a guitar solo. <laughs> and it's always been uh, a three-person band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is them playing the Bowery Ballroom. It starts off kind of mellow. But don't worry, because they're going to get it. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm not concerned about how they're going to rage in any second. How old is this video? Where is this from? I don't know. It says five. It says May 29th, 1931. <laughs> I think they meant 13. It's my guess. Yeah, again, you know, it's, it's it's going against that, you know, punk look of like she's wearing a dress again. Which yeah. Is, and she's, wow. Oh, see, uh, now it now kicks in. She's just getting warmed up, dude. She's doing that thing where it's like high, a little high on the fret too. Yeah. Or I guess it might be low on the fret. I don't know. But I'm like, wow. What is her name again? Marissa. Marissa Paternoster. I have some guitar aficionados in my life. I'm going to ask them if they know her. I'm sure they will. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. She goes in. My fingers are tired. Yeah, I love watching her play. Yeah. Just being all hunched over and being like, you know it. Yeah. I just want to back to the audience. Oh, yeah. Miles Davis. Yep. I can't tell if she's super tiny or the other two dudes in the band are really tall. That bassist feels like he's a giant. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like 6'5", and she's like 5 feet. So you don't even know what song this is from. No. It doesn't say. That's just a song. Yeah. She just shreds, dude. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. Um, there's one woman we met in our original Rebel Girls episode yep. who I brought back, the lead singer of the Plasmatics. Yeah. I mean, Wendy O. Williams. I feel like, how can you not? Well, I'm not going to terrify you with another Plasmatics performance yeah. because to me, I mean, I can't find another video in the world to top their, yeah, their you performance of Butcher Baby. No. That's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Um, so this is an interview with Wendy O. Williams. I'm more fascinated by who the interview is yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an interview on MTV with a 16-year-old Dweezil Zappa. 
This is when Dweezil was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Still a teenager. This is like 86 or so. Is it? He was only like, oh, she's like my age? So he was like 16? I think he's like a year or two older than you. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 16 or 17 year. Okay. Um, which is more than old enough to be a complete douche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he also has, like, he sounds like his dad. He's got that Frank Zappa. Like, he's got sort of that put-upon radio voice. Like, yeah. that fake sort of, I'm interviewing you yeah. kind of attitude. I hate that shit. Already at, at, yeah. at uh, 16. Plus, he's also, his father's son, man. I can't, I can't speak to his uh, acumen as a guitarist, but I always felt like he's like, I'm a guitar man. Like, yeah. like he thinks he's really good. Maybe he is. I don't know. I think Dweezil Zappa actually is a good guitarist. He's a good guitarist. All I know is that he's on Don Johnson's uh, solo album, Heartbeat. Yeah. I don't think he's any, like, Marissa Paternoster, but he's a decent guitarist. But Don Johnson liked enough to put him on Heartbeat. Yeah. So that that counts for something. The other thing I like about this interview is when she's not, like, on stage in her persona, Wendy O. Williams is, like, really kind of cute. In her own oh. way, you know what I mean? No, All right, it's that time. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, now yeah. we got we got some really exciting things because we have we have a photo of you tap dancing when you were about six with some some gnomes or some some dwarfs. I, I just I was six years old. Oh I left home with a troop of midgets and just <laughs> tap danced my full head on. And, and that's do? how you started yeah, your, your career. Yeah. Got me as far as a howdy duty. Howdy duty. Yeah, it was wild. So I don't know if she meant that literally, literally, or as a joke. Yeah, she, I don't know. Did either. she actually tap dance on the howdy yeah. duty show when she was six years old? That's just great because she's so like quick. Yeah. That you're like, wait, what? Was that true, or, <laughs> or are you just fucking with us? It seems like I, I want to believe it's true. Yeah. I want to believe that oh, Wendy Williams made her TV debut on Howdy Duty. Yeah, that would be that would be really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Wow. Uh, and you got you got a new record now. Yeah. You got Commander of Chaos. Yeah. And and she mentioned yeah. to me awesome name for a metal album. Yeah. Commander of Chaos with K's. Commander of and Chaos is spelled K A O S. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's just her naked on the hood of a of a car, which. Oh yeah, she's got. Well, she'll talk about it. So wait, this is Wendy. This is not the Plasmatics. No, this is Wendy Solo. Solo. Yes, but this is a pre-Tawny Katane and White Snake video. Girl on a guitar. Oh yeah, that's not right. that she invented being a. But that's what she's the, girl That's the iconic. Yeah. But yeah. Well, she mentioned to me something um, about the pants. Oh come the, on! He made this chauvinistic remark to me. He goes, "Wendy, those pants look like they're painted on," and I said, "Well, they are." <laughs> well, so that's the that whole outfit painted on, except for the spikes. They're real. There's real spikes, but the rest of it is body paint, folks. Art, yeah. my art statement for the year. It's pretty darn impressive. But what I was going to—it's pretty darn impressive. I feel like he's kind of getting owned by Wendy. Well, in he seems older than. No, he's getting owned. No, I know. I'm okay. pointing out he seems older than he is. Yeah. Like if you'd shown me this clip, I would have been like, ah, he's in his early twenties. Yeah. Uh, but he is just a kid, yeah. so it's not like he's got a lot of interviewing chops or even yeah. just. I'm wondering though, because this was around the time. I don't. He might be like 18, because around if this is 86, around this time he was dating Molly Ringwald. Okay, and that was. I mean, I, I looked up the dates, and, and, and he's not 18 yet. Don't don't really? question me. I'm wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. 
he definitely was 16 when he started on MTV. And okay. I think it's like, depending on the date that this interview was recorded, yeah. he's 16 or 17. You keep playing. I'm gonna but look. also, to be fair to him, there's not an age you can reach where you won't be intimidated by Wendy. Oh, I, I mean, I, hell yes. I mean, she is like the toughest chick in the world. And just like, and like I said, just so smart and quick. Yeah. Like, I don't really know or care about her music, but just hearing her interview, she, she's so like, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about was you got this resume here. I'm looking at this bio, and it says it says you, you used to work as a lifeguard in Florida. Oh yeah, you lived in a. He's like a year older than me. Okay, yeah, okay. 1969. Yeah, yeah. And, and Fair enough. What, what do you make living in a tent? You know, I said that was a job. Right, you, you can kind of live off the sunshine, you know, like and you make beaded jewelry, and I also was a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, I'm like, are you fucking with us, or is that true? No, I think that that's true that she was a lifeguard. I seem to remember okay. reading that. Yeah. Everything she says, she says almost with a wink that I'm like, okay, are you either telling the truth or you're just totally fucking with me? But she's old enough that I think she could have been like a hippie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's what it sounds like she was talking about. So yeah. she could have been. Yeah. yeah. She's probably around like 40 here. Okay, yeah. Something like that. And the other one works as a dominatrix <laughs> in a live sex show in New York. Yes, yes, it's the same that I worked at a Dunkin' Donuts also. <laughs> that is my favorite. It says here in your bio that you were a sex, uh, you were a yeah. dominatrix in a live sex show. Is that true? Yeah, and I also worked at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. What about it? Yeah, I love that you just <laughs> completely flipped it on them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> and the, and the studio's laughing. Yeah. And also, like... Don't ask me that question. And also, don't ask me that question if you're a 16-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't ask me about my sex show. You don't know. You twerp. You think I'm going to – you think you're going to try to get me to talk about sex with you, yeah. you underage I, idiot? I'm not going to say shit. I'm not going to tell – yeah. Hey, you know. That's a good thing. But what I was, so say you wanted a job at a bank. I didn't want a job. What are you saying? You know, on the back of the Commander Castle, I also I haven't been one of the only women in rock and roll who. I remember this MTV set because they used to do interviews like this all the time. With that, they did in this like diner booth with the jukebox on the table. Oh, look at that tat. Holy shit. As my spiritual leaders told me, they said, when I see an eagle sitting on a cactus with a serpent in his mouth, they said that was where I should build my city. What? Yeah, I mean, she just completely flipped the interview on yeah. its ear. She, she was just talking about, I don't know, Dunkin' Donuts or God knows what. She gets up, she reveals this full back tattoo of an eagle, like, killing a snake and standing uh, on, on a, a cactus? Yeah. Yeah, well, what's great because he was like, he did the dumb question of, so you want to work in a bank? Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to work in a bank. And then she just went right into this. Yeah. I want to hear that again because I didn't quite hear. I think she did say standing on a cactus where someone said had a vision of yeah. her. And so she got a tattoo of it. I don't know. But it's the coolest thing in the world. Whatever <laughs> it is. They said when I see an eagle sitting on a cactus with a serpent in his mouth. They said that was where I should build my city. That's where I should build my city. Yes. And the words around the tattoo say United Federation of the Universe, (laughs) which I don't know. I'm sure it means something to her. I don't. I'm not smart enough to understand what that means. I don't have a tattoo. I'm not like a tattoo guy. No, me neither. If I were to get a tattoo, though, I would get 
this tattoo. I would just copy Wendy O. Williams' tattoo. That would be the greatest. Maybe thing. not necessarily on my back, but you know, on my arm or something. I would just. I would almost pay for that. Sure. I think we should replace on the United States money the eagle with an eagle standing on a cactus <laughs> yes, killing a snake. with the United Federation of the Universe. Yeah. And, uh, so, so you got one. So I got it on my back. I got one on the back. back. So, so yeah. what does that mean? You're going to build your city. Do I need a man? Right. You're going to build a city right here on MTV. <laughs> yeah, that's how Jefferson Starship got the idea. <laughs> we built through the city. <laughs> that song's about Wendy and Williams. Stole it from Wendy and Williams. Yeah. Uh, there's more to this interview, but we can move uh, on. I, wanna, I, I do want to spend all day on Wendy and Williams. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't want the episode to be three hours long. Yeah, I also love that uh, he's just so smart, man. He just responds to everything she says with the same level of enthusiasm and yes. it's just a oh yeah. So you worked at Dunkin' Donuts, huh? So, oh, you're going to build yeah. your city here, huh? And there's just a lot like, of like takes to the camera, like that's what's going to happen now. Yeah, but he is he is still a child. Yeah, so I don't we, know. He's we like 17. Him. That's right. Uh, but he did. I mean, he is sort of douchey. I'm not a big Tweezels. <laughs> I'm yeah. He's like all the worst things about Frank Zappa without all the best things about Frank Zappa. <laughs> you mean Moon Unit any day? I love Moon Unit Zappa. Yeah, yeah. That's I should have included something about Moon Zappa in this episode, but we'll do that next year. Yeah. Uh, let's watch a live performance from another current band of mine that I love. All right. I don't have much to say about them other than that they're awesome. Uh, I discovered them a little over a year ago when they opened uh, in Hollywood for Taco Cat, which is a band that I like. I swear I think I've heard of Taco Cat. No, I've I mean, I've probably yeah. mentioned it. Maybe I'm that's a big fan is, of yeah. Taco Cat. This, is the ba- this band is a, uh, a, I would call them a grunge revival band. I don't yeah. think that's a thing, but I, uh, they're called Daddy Issues. That is a great Fucking name. Not only is a great That's name, but so good. the story of the of how they got their name and how they formed is one of my favorite band formation stories ever. The, this three the three chicks in the band were at a show somewhere, mm-hmm. and they saw someone had spray painted on the wall "Daddy Issues," and they assumed it was the name of one of the bands on the bill. They assumed it was like an all girl punk band that was going to play that night, but it wasn't. It was just graffiti. So they were like. Is there a band with that name? So they checked it out and there wasn't. And we were like, we're going to form a band oh, so we can use that name. That is a great fucking origin story. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That, isn't that perfect? That's perfect. Yeah. Just based on a name. Yeah, we're going to make a band. So the the YouTube clip here is like a 40-minute full mm-hmm. set. We're just going to listen to one song. So if anybody listening wants to skip ahead to the song uh, we're going to listen to, it's Unicorns and Rainbows. <laughs> Skip ahead. Fantastic. Skip ahead to four minutes in to get that. But again, I mean, I recommend listening to the What's it band. called again? Unicorns and Rainbows. Fantastic. Uh, which is a little ironic for how it sounds. Yeah, they fucking blew my mind. They were awesome. Did you like them better than Taco Cat when they happened? Whoa. <laughs> Statement of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you saw them, you're like, wow, I like them more than Taco Cat. That night. Maybe not more, but they're different. This does sound like a grunge around Yeah. Totally. I'm not sticking Wow. The first line of the song is, I don't want a stupid boyfriend. That's also very 90s. Yeah. 
I mean, this fully like brings me back to living in Chicago. This sound, yeah, hearing band, just random bands sound like this as you walk into a bar. I would also guess, venture to guess, they're not any older than twenty or twenty. No, not at all. No. They don't have a bad crowd there too. It's pretty big. Yeah, this is at uh, it says it's at somewhere called Two Boots, where I don't know where that is. I should have looked it up before we started. But this is from almost three years ago. And her, her singing style is so grungy. Yeah, it's really 90s. Which I'm about. Yeah? Wait, what's going on? They're just two fans who sort of jumped up on stage and are eating cupcakes and uh, feeding one to the bass player. fantastic. Yeah. Everything gets better when you add cupcakes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a small room. They're not, you know. Yeah, but it's packed. Yeah, it's it's similar to the the room where I saw them. I I saw them at Junior High, which is like this. It's like this art gallery uh, near here. Yeah, like a mile. I walk. Just walk. I hope those two people are just fans and actually not friends. That they're just like, and the, and the, the band's <laughs> yeah. like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fed us cupcakes, that's cool. And I also like, uh, this new generation of kids, they'll jump up on stage with the band, but they're not gonna like mosh or try to yeah. slam dance. They're gonna feed you cupcakes. Yeah, that's great. Because that's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the cupcakes made it great. So I just wanted to get a little bit of uh, the, the. That was actually pretty cool. The new, the new shit in The right? new shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they rock. Check out Daddy Issues. Anyway. Daddy Issues. Well, let's go back in time. Let's go way back. To 1984? <laughs> Five? This is your second <laughs> pick. It's my second and last pick. But like I told you when you told me you wanted to do this, I've been wanting to talk about this video since before we started the podcast. That's so funny. This, was uh, a, this, is, a, this is a great song. It is a great song. It's called The Warrior Scandal featuring Patty, Patty Smythe. You have to say it that way because that's what it was. Yeah. It was Scandal featuring Patty Smythe. Right. Really? I think they were originally Scandal and then she joined she the in. band. And then it became like, oh, she's clearly the star of this show. Yeah. I've always wondered because there's another – I'll add this band in much, much later. But they're not like Scandal at all. There's, a, there's an R&B group called Maze. And they're, it's Maze featuring Frankie Beverly. Okay. But they're they're a band. Yeah. They've been at a band for 20 years or so. It's yeah. always – Fascinating, the featuring part. The Warrior is a little bit before the time when I was making memories, but I it was a big hit, right? Huge. Yeah. This was there. I think there were two hit wonder. They, this was their big song. And then the, uh, their second single uh, was Goodbye to You. <clears throat> Excuse me. Goodbye to You. Which Goodbye is to You was before this. Goodbye to You was before this. Yeah, so this, this was, was their like, second big one then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, yeah. This is their second This is their second big one. Yeah. I love Goodbye to You. That's too, a great song. But it's, it's, a, it's way more poppy. Yeah. This is... This is uh, this is an anthem. This, this is, is this a is, fucking anthem. Yeah, I love this song, The Warrior. I will tell you two pieces of my childhood where I have a history of this song. All right. And at the end of 1989, there was a cassette compilation I got a copy of that was just like a promotion promotional item for mm-hmm. Newport cigarettes that you would like. I don't know how my old because my old he, my father doesn't smoke yeah how do you, I mean, he got it from work or from okay. a friend or something it was a, a cassette tape that he gave to me that That's was called hottest hits of the 80s uh, and it had the warrior on it fucking a the other way i know the song is do you remember the episode of music ray gun um it was our jackson's dynasty mm-hmm. episode and we watched 
the clip of it was a supercut of Magic Johnson yes. set to Control. Yeah. And I said it was from a video cassette that made like music videos out of all the NBA superstars to yes. different music. So Charles Barkley's supercut was set to The Warrior. That's hysterical. Yeah. Oh, that's great. The round mound of rebounds. No, that works. That was my favorite clip. Because when I was when I was a boy, I, Charles Barkley was my favorite basketball. He's player. great to the extent that I was into basketball, which yeah. is not really much at all. But I, I I had a taste for like show business, so I liked the big personalities. And yeah. Barkley was a personality. No, I, we, we get listen, Paul. We can talk basketball all day. <laughs> it's a different podcast. <laughs> he was legit. With someone else. Yes, uh, but yes, yeah, so no. So let's hear the yeah. warrior. This is but but this is the most insane music video ever made. Yes, and it's weird too. This was one of the first videos I remember where there was scenes or like talking in it where it wasn't just the, like there's there's moments where there's stuff happens that's not part of the song. Yeah. That's in the song. And it was weird to go, oh, it's more than just someone lip syncing the song. They are trying to – they are telling some story here. Yes. What that story is is baloney. Like what – <laughs> yeah. it's it's – there's – we can we could sit here and pause after every shot and describe yeah. it shot by shot, and someone listening to us would be like, "What the fuck yeah. are they talking?" You about? are insane. It's impossible to describe. Yeah. So go to musicraygun.com and check out the playlist for the episode. I, I I know it sounds like I keep pushing it like we're making money off or something. We're not. I just <laughs> no. really want people to watch this. Yeah. So this is the video for the warrior. Patty Smith has a great voice. Patty Smith, I mean. This is Patty Smith. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great song. For those of you who are fans of the show Glow, this was the first song played in the credits of the pilot. This is the fictional version of the Gorgeous Ladies yes. of Wrestling with Alison Brie and Mark Maron. Right, right, right. It's a, it's a great show. But that's like, a perfect song for it. Yeah, and the moment. It played in the credits. I literally went, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be fucking good. Yeah, I was like, this, they get it. This is definitely a sing-along at the top of your oh, yeah. lungs in the car song. Oh, so good. Yeah. So, I mean, she's wearing like sort of a leather jacket. She's got some kind of like weird 80s face paint on. Yeah. Um, which is not super weird compared to the rest of the video, but... She almost looks like she's supposed to be a superhero or something. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a geisha element to it. And then, yeah, because of the makeup. And then there's this guy. Yeah. Who is the hero or the villain? I always thought the villain. And but, she's the hero? But they're attracted to each other? Or, she, or he's trying to protect her or he's trying to hurt her? I think he's trying to hurt her because she's the warrior. But is she? Because she doesn't actually do anything. I am any, the warrior. But she doesn't have any, like, everything that's about to happen, she doesn't have any agency. She just sort of stands there and observes. She's the warrior inside. Right. But but he's also not... I feel like the other characters who are going to show up are, like, <laughs> are the enemy and they're advancing on her and he's protecting her. All right, well, let me... But, yeah, that doesn't make sense with the idea that she's yeah. the warrior. So... He's wearing some sort of cat suit. He yeah. looks like a live-action Thundercat. Yes, he does. And Not he... Thundercat, the artist, but the cartoon the series cartoon. from the 80s. Yes. And, ev- and they're, 
Where, I've already there's like three different sets of people in outlandish '80s costumes in some sort of post-apocalyptic city. Yeah, yeah, like they almost look like they're they're all on like a rooftop. Yes, in a very urban setting. Yes, and there's there are these different creatures that are indescribable with yes. their costumes, but they look like they're supposed to be aliens or monsters yes. or creatures of some sort or another and there's various different types and like I said it's impossible to describe what any anybody yeah. looks like and he's those are the rope people the rope is, and now they're going to fight him but, oh, this but well they're, they're going to dance fight dance. Paul fighting is dancing dancing <laughs> is fighting don't fucking start <laughs> this chorus is so good yeah Shooting at the walls of heartache. Bang, bang. I am a warrior. I don't know what the fuck it means, but it sounds good. Sounds great. Provocative. I guess. So these people are wearing... So maybe she's singing about him, but... Like like she's the voice of his internal monologue? Yes. Because she's detached from this whole thing. She's not involved in it, like you said. Right. So... She's the, yeah, she's the narrative inside his head. Maybe. What maybe. he's going through right now is I'm the warrior. She's like Owatu the Watcher from Marvel Comics, but she's like describing what the hero is thinking. Do you not get my what? I don't. I'm going to have to go ask my son. Owatu was like a cosmic being who was allowed to observe what happened, but could never interfere. <laughs> from what? From what? Comic? It doesn't matter. <laughs> but this, this video, this vi- the point is this video is very kind of comic booky. Yes. But it, like, they clearly just had access to a costume shop. Yeah. On Broadway they had a or set, something. And they're like, let's just do it. Yeah. This is perfect of the 80s where they're like, just get a bunch of shit together. This is almost it. certainly coke fueled yeah. in its entirety. Yeah. Like we're trying to figure it out, but there's nothing to figure out. No. It just doesn't make sense. No, it's just it's just visual. Yeah, it's just a visual thing. It's fun. I don't. Maybe I'm misremembering. Well, you remember the like band's... actual dialogue or something? No, there'll be a point where it happens. Oh. Uh, there's no shots of the band. Yeah, no, not that I've. Ever... But in Goodbye to You video, there is. It's more of like a straight yeah, that's forward. a band. Yeah, video, yeah, yeah. But this is. I think even at that point, they might have been Scandal and not Scandal featuring oh, Patty Smythe. Oh, yeah, that could be it. And by the time they got – because that was 80 or yeah. 81, and now it's 84, 85, and I think it's become Scandal featuring Patty yes. Smythe, and, and they sort of don't matter as much. Well, here's – we can keep playing, but here's a fun fact that I uh, you might not know is uh, there was a big rumor, 85 or 86 – uh, that she was going to be the front person for Van Halen. Yes, I remember and reading they, about that. They were like, that was like, Eddie Van Halen was like, yeah, I think I want her to be the, the front person. And and that would, people were like, what the fuck? Because it was the 80s. You know, yeah. like, how, how are they going to... And they should have, because, you know... That would have been awesome. Been fucking great. Yeah. And fucking Sammy Hagar. Fuck him. Well, you think even Gary Sharon is better than Gary Sharon is a delight, yeah. sir. I wasn't fucking shitting on Gary Sharon. <laughs> right, I don't know. Does the don't at me still apply? Does that apply forever? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in perpetuity. I don't disagree with you. Um, Hudson, Massachusetts, its own Gary Sharon. They're, they're New England boys. Yeah, extreme. They've done right. Anyway, but I it again great. because there's a moment in the video where 
Her costume has evolved. Now she has. Oh, her makeup has evolved. She has. Too. Yes. The face paint has grown to cover her entire face. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like an Aladdin Sane look. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and her hair has also been poofed out. I don't know what it's meant to represent for her quote unquote character. No, we're not smart enough to know. Um, but something has happened yeah. where she's, she's like. She's changed. She, yes, she's she's changed or evolved or taken on a more powers. I don't know. It doesn't. Nothing makes sense <laughs> yeah. about this. The cat man, the thundercat is still fighting yeah. off these rope people and various. Gay, sweaty, yeah. coke-fueled. I feel like I'm going to get a little judgy here and be like, the director of this video should have gotten someone who is a better actor who moves than this guy. Well, I have some quotations from Patty Smythe about that. Wait, and now, okay, here. now... Now maybe you maybe you're right because now Patty Smythe is fighting yes. the Thundercat. Yeah, and then there's this other guy who's who, who we've never seen before, who's also wearing some sort of a bodysuit and face paint slash yeah. makeup, and is keeping some sort of score with that like billiard scoring yes. system with the beads yep. on the rope, which, which I've never understood. Real old, I don't it's, even know that. It's, I've never learned yeah. what it, how it works. It's yeah. completely arcane, but it's like an abacus or something. But they're fighting, and he's like scoring points. Somehow. Yes, I, that's that's all I can tell you. He I could mean, be fighting with himself. <laughs> I don't know what it means. So there, that he, that he scratched her again. So yeah. the sound of the scratch yeah. was a new thing in, in music. Oh, that it was like non-diegetic sound. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or diegetic sound. I don't know. I'm not that smart. <laughs> uh, but but you're like, oh my god, it's not because you're like that's not in the song. Right. That was like a huge deal. Yeah, because he attacked her, and that's also the first thing you hear before the opening chord is his hand comes up and scratches yes. her. Yeah, but you don't see him yet. It's just sort of a disembodied hand, and that's what opens the video. Yes, but he got her again. So you were right. They are fighting. Definitely. So I guess he's the bad guy. Yes, unless she's fighting with herself. This is all in her mind. Oh, he's her alter ego. It's like a Tyler Durden situation. Yes. Ooh, that's fucking interesting, man. I think that we might have solved it. You, we have put so much more thought into this than they did when they made this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I love that that cat like pose. (laughs) Also, she is back to her old hair and makeup. Like the the, change, the evolution is gone. She's evolved. But who won? Because that's the thing. They're wrapping it up. Yeah. But there's no resolution because he's not defeated. No. Now he's just standing directly behind her, creepily staring at Yeah, like, why is he still there? Oh, but she can sing. Yeah. Yeah, she's got pipes. Yeah. I can see why Eddie would want her in there. <laughs> I mean, come on. Her singing, everybody wants some? Yeah, please. That would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, she's back to being like normal looking. Yeah, and he's still he's still like he's literally still, just lurking yeah. behind her like Donald Trump. That's behind the yeah. Hillary had to debate. <laughs> just 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 creeping, just creeping. So all the conflict we saw and didn't understand, whatever it was, was resolved in no way at all. No, exactly. 
So that is just the most bizarre music video I think that ever was made. Yeah, it was really weird. But I found some quotes from interviews about it <laughs> from just a few years ago mm -hmm. with Patti Smythe. Uh, because I wanted to find out what the video for The Warrior is about. And no one knows. Mm -hmm. Not even Patti Smythe knows. Because when asked, she said that she thinks it's about, quote, a director who fell in love with a guy in a gym and cast him in the lead. <laughs> yep. Which is 100%. 100% what happened. Yep. Yep. The director just found that guy and wanted to fuck him. Yep. And put him in the video. Which... Hello, Hollywood. Which, is, I, which is. is why I'm so glad that you, before I mentioned that, you pointed out, it's like, they should have gotten a guy who's who's better. Yeah. Yeah, because he was just some dude. He was so <laughs> awkward in his movements that I was like, why could they get a better mover? But to his credit, giving it 100%. I, he's selling it with his stare. He was not a dancer or an actor, no, but he oh was boy. really getting into the role. I'm sure he's like, this is going to be my big break. Yeah. Uh, another quote from Patty Smythe about this video. I thought when we were shooting it, it at least was going to be funny. I just thought it would be cut more tongue-in-cheek. And when I saw the final version and it was serious, I called and was like, please don't release this. <laughs> so, oh. so they knew. Yeah, they knew. <laughs> but this is also still, it's the very early years of music videos. Oh, yeah. It's just, you just put visuals to something and that's So fun. you would think that. Like you get to the set and the director's like, this is what we're going to do. And you're like... Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I guess. I mean, the, when we did Goodbye to You, it was pretty straightforward. We just played the song. Yeah. I guess we're doing this artsy fucking thing. Yeah, now. I guess that's what this requires. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do another yeah. rail and start rolling. <laughs> Let's do it. So one, one more little yeah. tidbit about this. I looked up uh, the Wikipedia article for The Warrior, mm -hmm. and it says this sentence. The music video of the song depicts the apocalypse in a warehouse. <laughs> However, the article cites no sources to back up this claim. It, there's, it, there's, it's not linked uh, to anything. Someone just threw that sentence in yep. there. Congratulations, Wikipedia. Someone who just watched the video and said, yeah, I get what this Oh, yeah, I got it. It's apocalypse in a warehouse. In a, it's not in a warehouse. It's clearly a rooftop. No, it's a rooftop. Oh, that's crazy. And also, where do you get Apocalypse It's not from? Apocalypse at But you know what, though, dude? It fucking could be, for all we know. It could be. But <laughs> he could be spot on. We're way off. Maybe that was like some interpretation of the Book of Revelation. I'm going with Tyler Durden. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all right. we covered Patty Smythe. Smythe. Let's change those Y's to I's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And talk about Patty Smith. Yeah. We all know who Patty Smith is, right? Yep. I know her. Uh, the godmother of punk. I know the one song, which is a great song. Gloria, her cover of the no. Piss Factory. Because the Night? Oh, Because the Night, yeah. There's, that's that's later, though, right? Um, I believe that's Bruce Springsteen's song. Yes, she it's a Bruce version. Yes. But she, she does it. And then also 10,000 Maniacs did a great version on Unplugged in the 90s. That was a big hit. That's right. I remember. I do remember. Oh, I think it was an yeah, Patty Smith did because of that. She's I, great. I mean, yeah. she's the fucking queen forever. Yeah. I struggled to choose the best clip, mm. and then I found the perfect one. Okay. Strong have words. we talked have we talked before on the show? I believe we have about the show Kids Are People Too. Paul, 
I went to a live version of Kids Are People 2. Well, we're going to watch a clip of Kids Are People 2 that Patty Smith was on. I'm going to freak the fuck out because I used to watch Kids Are People 2 all the time. Uh, wow. So we're going to see a brief interview for kids yeah. with Patty Smith. This is from 1979. Yeah. So the peak of her being the godmother of punks a little bit in the rare view now. But hey, you know, you know who loves Patty Smith? Kids. Kids. Kids can't get enough of it. She's like catnip for kids. I'm Patty gonna Smith freak is. out watching this. So we're gonna watch an interview and then she's gonna sing a song. And uh I want you to avoid looking at the description of the video because I want the song she sings to be a surprise. Okay. So if you can avoid spoiling it for yourself. Okay. Uh it's a real good surprise. All right. I, I, you know, I'm going to hold my hand. Okay. Well, don't look at the screen for now well, because it's on the screen at the beginning of the video. And I'm literally going to cover up the... Okay, you can look. And then I used to watch the show all the time. It, it toured and I went and saw Cleveland. I remember this dude. But uh, I assume you didn't. You weren't there for the taping of the Patty Smith. No, episode. no, they just did like a general random tour. Of like, hey, kids, you're at a concert. Who likes being a kid? Yeah. We do! Yeah. Everybody says Patty Smith punk rock. Who? Who said it? Uh, I did. <laughs> Didn't you say Patty Smith punk rock, right? I totally remember this dude. <laughs> oh my god, I'm freaking out. I love that he turned to the audience yeah. of children. Don't when you think Patty Smith, you think punk rock, right? Guys, are you with me? Every kid in the audience, yeah. Oh, you, I mean, you have no reference of this because no, this was I, not. This is oh my god! I'm, was this the show where we watched uh, Ethel Merman doing her disco song, or was that something else? That might have been something else. I know we've talked. Maybe it was the Cleveland episode you just talked about. Oh, maybe that was that on show. Kids of People. No, I think it was Ethel Merman. Oh, okay, show. yeah, yeah. Oh well, and is that the way you see yourself? Part of it. I see myself in about fifty thousand ways. That's one of the fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. Rock singer. Patty Smith. Rock singer. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, changes She's cool. minute to minute, day by day. I mean, the whole thing of, like, punk rock is, like, you know, newspapers and media have, like, you know, thrown it out of proportion. But the main thing of it was that uh, rock and roll's getting back in the hands of the people. Blows the kids again, not the big business guys. Right, kids? Right, kids, am I right? <laughs> huh? Nine-year-olds? <laughs> Fucking corporations are trying to screw you out of your rock and roll music, but you got to take it back from the man. Take it back, kids, and do drugs. <laughs> I really wish that he had turned to the audience again and it prompted them to be like, yeah! <laughs> we go for that, I think. Yeah. Also, we go yeah, for that. I sure, yeah, kids love that. Email Mick Jagger. Do you agree? I well, she's not a big fan. It's how this whole came about of like someone on Kids of People Do going, "Hey, we should get Patty Smith on the show," and Patty Smith going. Yeah, I'll do it. There was, I don't know, maybe like some guy who was like a producer or something was like grew up with her or something. because it's her. a weird combo. Yeah. But also like she'll do fucking kids, you know, like she's not too cool to do. No, it's just, it's it's more like them thinking, I mean, I was nine years old. I did not really know who Patty Smith This is This no. is my yeah, age yeah. range. So yeah. I'm like, Nobody in the audience knows no, who she no. is. Um, but I mean, maybe she approached them for all we know. Yeah. She's but just it's, like, that's it's, a cool show. I want to sing a song it. for the kids. Yeah. Because she's like so unpretentious. Last rock and roll performance there ever was. And I, um. Yeah! We love Mick Jagger! 
we'd like on this show to let everybody in the audience get in the act and everything. Like, would you answer some questions from the audience? She's ready. You got some questions for uh, Hey, children, do you have questions to ask? No joke, I don't know this guy, but I remember going, he's so cool. This whole guy's so fucking cool, man. Um, for the listening audience, this guy is not cool. No, he's not cool at all. But, but he's not supposed to be cool. No, but you know, he's a, yeah, he's a square, but yeah. he's yeah, he's the type of guy that a little kid would think. Yeah. All right, tell us who you are. Kim Vicaro. All right, Kim S. Where are you born? <laughs> In uh, Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, planet Earth. Where do you live now? Where do I live now? In Detroit. In Detroit. Okay. Yeah. okay. She's so accommodating. Yeah, she's, she's so cool. A sweetheart. Yeah. Also. Even though that was a pretty basic ass question, I love the enthusiasm of that little brace face girl. Yeah, which it was so much more real than the girl who interviewed Captain Beefheart, <laughs> yeah. who was clearly just like reading off a card, like, yep. "Why do you think you've become so popular?" <laughs> like this girl really just wanted to know yeah. what Patty Smith is. Basically, that's like, a key question, Patty. I think I recognize your accent. Are you from Chicago? Let me I'm guess. not sure, but I'm just going to ask where you're from. I can hear how you say your A's. Yeah, you're from Chicago. <laughs> okay, come on up. Uh, yeah, go ahead, ask. Um, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Oh, uh, well, I wanted, first I wanted to be a missionary. I wanted to be a school teacher. I wanted to be... Look hey, Patty Smith, you know what you became? A fucking missionary <laughs> and a teacher. Because that's what a rock singer is. <laughs> that's right. And so that's what you're doing. Yeah, you fulfilled your destiny. Yes. I wanted Dream to be a up. missionary. Then I wanted to be a ballet dancer. Just uh, always something, something. I always wanted to be something special, most, most of all. Okay, you got another song? Okay, let's take one right up here. Come on, stand up. Tell us who you are. Melissa. Okay, Melissa, ask. Um, what made you, what made you decide to take a music career? Well, it wasn't so much a music career. It was to enter in the field of rock and roll because when I entered it in like 74, I really thought most rock and roll stunk. And I thought <laughs> didn't get in there and start working. It was going to become a big business instead of a, a powerful force for us kids, myself included. Yeah, that's All right. Right. She's the fucking best. She's so man. cool. Yeah. I like this makes me like Patty Smith should have a show for kids. She should have been like she should have had Linda Ellerby's yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. When I was a kid. Yeah. Okay, we get another here. Yeah. Do you write all your own music? Uh, me and my band mostly. Except you know sometimes a friend like Bruce Springsteen wrote his music once, and now we're working with Todd Rundgren, and I'll work with anybody. But basically, I like working with my own band. I just want to say. She's about to prove that she'll work with anybody. Okay. I just want to give you, I just that want to hype that, up what we're going to say. Okay, let's get right back here. Come on. All right. Tell us who you are. Lisa. Okay, Lisa, ask. Um, who's your favorite singer? My favorite singer? Uh, I like uh, Maria Collis and Mick Jagger. That's what I like. <laughs> okay. I got a question for you. How many people here would like to hear Patti Smith sing? <laughs> we love Patti Smith! Horses is my favorite album! <laughs> I love the song Piss Factory. <laughs> That's the one I like. We asked Patty earlier. I, I really wish. What? I just remember the guy's name. What? Oh, the, the host? Michael Young. It just came, oh. it just came to me. Is Young really his name or uh, is he just trying to appeal to the kids? No, his name is Michael Young. Yeah, yeah. This is a great show, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, was, I mean, this was like, it was so great. Because I can I get the sense that, like, it's not condescending to kids. Yes. Yeah. It was probably really good. It was really, it was the 70s of like, hey, kids are like, they're, they're their own thing now. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, can, we can have a show about them that's not silly or, you know, somewhat. She would sing a song and she said, yes, she would sing a ballad. What will you sing for us? Well, I want to see, sing a 
you light up my life, and I know that's a weird <laughs> ch choice for me, but I like that song because I think that uh, if you really get into the world, it's, it's got a really great message, especially for 1979, Year of the Child. And when we Yay. heard that wanted to sing, you light up so my life. Patty Smith is about to sing You, you Light Up My Life, the Debbie Boone song. Yeah. Written by, uh, what's the guy's name? I wrote it down because I can't. Is it Burke? Joe Brooks. The less said about Joe Brooks, the better because of the, he's a hideous monster and I'm not going to talk about the heinous crimes he committed okay. before he killed himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he was gross. If anyone wants, yeah. wants to Google it. But he, he wrote You Light Up My Life and he's about to come out and accompany Patti Smith. Singing you light up my this life. This is bizarre. This is only in the 70s. Guys. I'm yeah. kids are people too. We figured that we would have to get her the person who knows the song the best. So to accompany her, we got the Academy Award winner and composer, Joe Brooks. He doesn't say that Joe Brooks wrote the song, but Joe Brooks wrote you light up my life. This is so bizarre. I th I Here's the thing. It's also really fucking good. Oh, like shit. this, the thing that the, sort of I think the unspoken thing that we both understand is you light, light up my life is one of the worst songs. Oh, it's a terrible song. It's, it's awful. It's gross. Yeah. And it also became the biggest hit in the world in 1977 at the height of punk rock. Yeah. And now here's Patti Smith unironically, unwinkingly saying, I like that song. I, yeah. I want to sing it for these kids. Which makes it punk rock. Yeah. Yeah. But she does it Patti Smith's way. Yeah. This is the most punk rock shit that you yeah. could imagine. if I saw this <laughs> like on TV because you watched this yeah because I think it was yeah I think it was like a Saturday morning show I feel like I love this with all my heart, but I feel like no child in the world could enjoy this. No. Like, you probably turn the TV off. I probably was like, what? Because <laughs> I know when I remember hearing this song and going, not this version, but that song, this song sucks. It's, for, it's from a movie. Uh, yeah, directed by Joe Brooks. What was that called? You Light Up My Life? It's not called, was it called You Light Up My Life? I think it was, and it starred Debbie Boone. Yeah, so Debbie Boone. But now that Patti Smith is singing, I'm like, eh, that's not kind of rules. <laughs> You're like, it's not. Her version makes it better. Yeah. Wow. This is so now, bizarre. Debbie Boone, daughter of Pat Boone. Yep. Um, also sucky. A lot, of su a lot of suckiness going here. I believe she said that this, she sang this song for Jesus. Like, she imagined that she was singing about Jesus. Yes, I remember hearing that. I don't know if Joe Brooks wrote it that way, but her interpretation was that it was about Jesus. 1977, Didi Khan. Punk rock is happening, the Ramones are happening, Son of Sam is happening. Oh, this so oh, The God. New York blackout is happening. Yes, a lot of shit's and going Debbie on. Debbie Boone's on the radio singing You Light Up My Life. And uh, singing it passionately. Oh, she is not fucking around. No, not at all. Oh my god, listen to her. I mean, it's still not my favorite song in the world, but man, did she fucking rescue it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god, that's the best way to describe that. 
was right, Michael. God, I'm genius. And I love that the, the composer of the song is there to be like, yeah, I fucking sanctioned this. <laughs> yeah, I allowed it. Yeah. But it is fascinating here just how she's she's into this song. Oh yeah. She's it's not she's not winking, she's not like I'm doing a thing. It's she's like into the song. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Count Dracula and Adam Rich, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Count Dracula and Adam Rich? I mean, yeah. That was my childhood. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, but sadly, there is not more for us. That was our last clip. I thought that was a good way. That's to a great way to end that. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that'll do it for this episode of Music Ray Gun. Uh, next time, Kirk will take the reins for an, epi- an episode about who, Kirk? Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And if you don't know who Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are, you haven't been listening to Music Reagan. Shame on you. For very long. This because be... they've been brought up a lot. Yes, by me. Because uh, they're the best. Yeah. Well, you'll learn all about them on the next episode it, it of the show. It will be three hours long. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just bring like 30 videos for us to yeah. watch. I was like, Paul, I couldn't cut it, man. Yeah. I couldn't cut it. We're going to have to split this up into a month's worth of episodes. <laughs> But until then, please take a minute to leave us a positive review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul Champanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. Until next time, see ya!